severely messed Artists like their boots are torn to shreds The government will spoil your hopes and dreams By offering a useless retreat and scheme There's such amazing talent, why can't you see That the government has decimated the industry And now the years of hard work have been thrown away Just get a real job Hello and welcome to episode 66 of Just Get A Real Job, the podcast where we speak to emerging creatives and creatives alike from across the creative industries. I'm of course your editor, Elliot Mitchell. See what I did there? See, I am not Jamie, unfortunately, because Jamie is in London at the moment, so I am left to do your intros and outros this week for a change. But nonetheless, we have an exciting episode here for you in store. Before we get into the episode, obviously, a few housekeeping rules, if you will. If you haven't checked out previous episodes of this podcast, we have around 65. So you have a plethora of episodes to listen to. So do check the back catalogue. Also, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, either by Spotify or Google Podcasts or Apple Podcasts, that would be much appreciated. You will get informed every time there is a new episode of the podcast that's released. And if you would love to, you can also donate to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash justgetarealjob. If you donate as little or as much as you can, that goes back into the podcast and helps keep with the up keep of the podcast as well so your support and donations and general listening is much appreciated and in conjunction to your donations through patreon to the podcast to help with the upkeep of the podcast we have also decided to donate a portion of your patron donations to a chosen charity now me and jamie have decided to donate to Social Bite, which is a charity founded in Edinburgh, which is a cafe chain and organisation that helps to tackle homelessness. And it's an amazing charity, and so we are so happy that we're donating a portion of your patron donations to this charity. So thank you once again for helping contribute not just to our podcast, but to also to good causes as well. Now, for this week's episode, Jamie interviewed the guitarist from Dictator, Zach Tarimo, and they're a band from West Lovian. So, for more information about this week's episode, I'm going to give Jamie a wee call to surprise him. I know he's down in London, so there's not really a massive time difference, so hopefully he does pick up the phone and he can tell more about this week's episode. So... Hello? Hi, Jamie. It's your wonderful editor. Hello, how you doing, mate? How I you know, going? bad. I, I I told the listeners that you're currently in London right now. Yeah, I am indeed. Uh, Premier in London, just by the the London Eye. Lovely stuff. Ooh, very living, nice. Living the glamorous uh, TV life, like Alan Partridge or something. <laughs> um, are you recording the intro now, or are you just? Oh no, I'm I'm recording right now. Yeah. I wondered why you had your sort of uh, podcast voice on. You see. Oh, you know, I <laughs> well, I, I mean, I try to be like you, really, but it's, you know, it's difficult. I don't know how you do it, but it's... Um... I feel like I need to get, I feel like I need to get mine on. Um, <laughs> so this is the intro for this week's episode. Sorry, I'm totally out of it. I'm just like... Yeah, you should warm up, you know what I mean? This, this is this is your intros and outro section, so there you go. <laughs> well, for uh, co- for context for the listeners, it's, uh, it's half ten on a Monday night and I'm a little bit zonked out, so... But th- this week's episode is amazing. I'm kind of gutted I didn't get to the intro for it, actually. 
but it was a really good one. Zach was a, a top guy. I hope you'd enjoyed editing it, mate. Honestly, the Dictator are like a great bunch of lads and they work really, really hard as a band. So mm. I hope, uh, hope the listeners enjoy it. Yeah, fantastic. I feel like I'm rambling on over the phone. This is what I'm like normally on the phone, am I? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, listen to all the listeners that are listening right now. Enjoy episode 66 with Jamie interviewing Zach from Dictator. Yeah, big love from the big smoke. Have a good one. <laughs> Hi, Zach. How you doing? Thank you for giving up your first evening to chat to me. I appreciate it. Hi, Jamie. I'm, I'm really good, mate. And it's not a problem at all. We're just grateful to be involved and I asked to be on the show, mate. Thank you. No, it's, it's a pleasure to have you, obviously. So you are the guitarist from Dictator, which I don't know how you describe yourselves as a band, like a local Scottish band of, I, I don't know, I was going to say like rock band, but you're not really just a rock band, are you? These are very like, you span quite a few genres, so. Yeah, I, the, the the term I like to use, but I don't know if the rest of the band actually back me on this, is Indietronica. <laughs> I quite like um, it. Yeah, I like Indietronica, and then we sometimes say electronic indie pop. We recently won an award and it was in the alternative rock category. And I yeah. feel like it's a wee bit boring, but it perfectly represents what we are, really, if you if you break it, <laughs> break it down to the crux of it. <laughs> yeah. But would you do you agree that sort of I I kind of get a sense that the genre doesn't really matter as much with music anymore because there's so much music out there that they sort of all blend into like not one thing. Obviously, there's different genres, but it's not as like clear cut as it maybe used to be like even 10 years ago. Yeah, I, I mean, I definitely think the advent of of streaming for all the evil that it actually is, has also allowed a lot of people to discover a lot of new music that they maybe wouldn't have listened to. Maybe yeah. they didn't have it on CDs or maybe they weren't even, you know, a wee bit later, maybe they weren't downloading it, they'd never heard of it. Now they've got streaming, now you've got playlists. People are coming across a lot of different new music and they're involving that into their own creative process. So these days, everyone, I, I call it genre fluid. I don't know how PC that actually is right now to say that, but um, but that, that, I think that's where a lot a lot of artists are coming from. You're even looking at look at big artists like who are on the radio, like like Will Fallis. I consider yeah. Will Fallis a rock band. But if you delve into their album, they've got some beautifully gentle music. Yeah, they've got yeah. some maybe sort of uh, trip hoppy vibes going on as well. People are just drawing inspiration from everywhere now. I don't think you need to really just go down the one lane. I think you, you, there's opportunities and people are more open to just to to branching out a little bit yeah absolutely and i think as well like when i was a teenager like you know 10 years ago or whatever i was like 15 i would be like you know i mean i'd class myself as an indie kid or whatever but like now you're just allowed to like anything you don't have to have a camp do you like you don't have to exactly just, yeah so it's totally changed but uh, the sort of first question we sort of like to kick the podcast off with is about like people's earliest creative memories so do you remember like when you're growing up like when you first started playing the guitar and when you first got into music and stuff do you remember like what that was yeah yeah so uh, i grew up around the famous livingston skate park right Livy skate park and that was like that was maybe ages from about 11 to like 14 or 15 Livy skate park was like there was a load of guys down there that were like part-time musicians or, or even just wannabe musicians. And there was always like somebody in there playing music through like speakers or maybe some people would even bring guitars and that down. And I ended up getting into a crew who wanted to start a band. I didn't know how to play a, a guitar at all, but they basically just taught me a couple of riffs. And then from there, I started teaching myself guitar. So probably my earliest creative memories were just playing out like classic rock riffs. Do you know what I mean? Especially down there, mate, they were all, everyone was like metalheads or like right <laughs> into their classic rock. So that's that was like the kind of music that I was learning to play on the guitar as well. I think the very first thing I ever learned to play on a guitar was Can't Stop by the Red Hot Chili Peppers, <laughs> which is actually like a fairly complicated riff, man. And I'm quite glad that I get to say that was 
the first one I, I picked up on. It's, a bit, it's yeah. much more original than Smoke on the Water, which was the first thing I ever played <laughs> on the guitar, so you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's definitely a better than that. I wish I'd started at that point, though, to be honest, because it took me a long, long time to actually nail Can't Stop, so... <laughs> Oh man, right, the listeners of this podcast listen to this episode have heard me say this loads of times, but like, I love music. And when I was growing up, like, I, I used to go to like the. I'm from Glen Rothes, so again, a new town, a bit like Livy, similar type places, you know. But like, you know, I used to go down to like the YMCA, which was like, the only place that there was any sort of music scene. And I, I, I gave up on it, like I was never good enough. But I'm always very envious of people like yourself that are really good at music and play music and stuff because I just love it. So I always love having musicians on the podcast, and we haven't had enough. So. It's great to have you on as well for that. Yeah, I mean, it's maybe a stretch to say I'm a good musician, but <laughs> I, I'm really good at blagging, I think, man. And that's how we are where we are at the moment. And I've surrounded myself by good, with good musicians, so that that's why we are where we are at the moment. <laughs> We're all very modest in Scotland for whatever reason as well, I find. But no, don't worry. And sort of on that note, I'm talking about Livy and, and where you're from and stuff. How has that influenced you as a creative as well? Like growing up in a place like that, how do you think that's had an influence on your band's music and on your music as well? Well, you, if you're from Glen Office you might feel the same but Livingston always felt a little like culturally it kind of felt a little bit desolate like there wasn't much going on ever creativity creativity around here never really felt encouraged apart from as I say from earlier on that the skate park was kind of a place where it was allowed yeah. to flourish but other than that there wasn't really much going on I grew up in like a just like a typical council estate do you know what I mean I feel like it, it influenced me musically it certainly influenced me because I think everyone grew up in a, a council estate in the, the 90s and the early years Oasis were like unavoidable whether you love love them or hate them they were still unavoidable yeah. I remember there was a there was a dude that lived in my street lived in the V square that we lived in he used to sit up outside in his garden on top of his caravan <laughs> all summer just just singing Oasis stuff <laughs> didn't I? I must have been like eight or nine so I thought it was cool he was in it enough he was like a rock star at that point I was like this guy this is so cool man but it also it also influences you quite negatively in certain aspects because I don't feel like anyone if you're growing up in it like a sort of working class background nobody really encourages you to no. chase a career in creativity it's not something that like you ever see as possible it's maybe it might not be just a working class it may just be a Scottish thing I don't know man but like you just kind of felt like, like you're going to go and get a trade you're going to end up working in a warehouse or, or you know maybe if you're lucky getting retail or something like that I don't know but you want to go and play in a band or no that's no that's not possible even the boys who wanted to be footballers they were slightly encouraged do you know what I mean but if you wanted to be a musician or you wanted to be an actor or you wanted to be a writer or something like that that just wasn't possible because I didn't know anyone there was nobody yeah, around me there was 100%. no there was no role models or anyone in that ask uh, in those sort of kind of careers so it just did not seem possible if you weren't sort of middle class and going to university those kind of dreams they weren't for you 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 wouldn't get a trade man that was it so I think that's kind of a crappy attitude and I, I, I feel like it's changing. It is, it is changing, but back, back when I was a youngster, I, I played music for the love of playing music. I never really considered it to be a possible career. Do you know what I mean? Now I am. Now I, I think, right, actually, maybe, there's a, maybe there is a possibility, but it's because I'm a wee bit older, a wee bit more experienced in life, and I realise that there's there's a lot more to life than, than what I was led to believe. 100%. And I have some sort of more questions to come on to that later about, about being in a band and how being in a working class band particularly can be a lot harder in the industry and, and about Scotland, but I'll come on to that in a wee while. But just to sort of, but what you're saying, I absolutely recognise this. It was the exact same in Glen Office. It's like, I work in TV now. But growing up, that was never possible. Do you know what I mean? I still feel like yeah. an imposter now, even though I'm. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I'm like, how am I should they be here? Like, I look around and I'm like, how am I here? I'm fake Glen Rothes. Like, no one does this. And and the privilege of doing this podcast is I've had lots of people from similar places like myself, and we're all doing it, and that's amazing. That 
that amazes me. And you know, the whole ethos of just get a real job is all about that attitude. Like, you know, why you can't do that as a job that like, we are, we're all told that growing up. And I mean, you know, absolutely. It's just, I think it is partly a Scottish thing as well, but yeah, I hope, I hope it is getting better. And I think things like the internet give people a bit more of a chance to see that it is possible. And you can, you know, you look at all the people coming out of Scotland, especially in music, like, you know, the Snuts and Lewis Capaldi and people from West Lothian like yourselves that, you know, you can see, it probably gives you guys a bit of hope as well, I imagine. Oh, it's, it's those two artists that you've just mentioned, especially, are just total inspirations for what, what they've managed to achieve. As I say, I've, I've played playing music for quite a long time, but I never, ever seen it as something that was anything more than a hobby for a very long time then i seen lewis and the snuts explode these were people that we played the circuit with i used to yeah. you know i put on open mic nights at lewis would attend we shared a, a rehearsal room with the snuts we, i seen how hard they were working and and how they actually managed to get to where they are at the moment but before that it just did not seem possible it didn't seem attainable now we're seeing it happening and i think especially for younger musicians it's like an incredible inspiration because they're like oh this is possible this is absolutely possible we can do this like like we don't need to you know if we want to focus our 100 percent effort into creating our music we can do that man and it's a it's a viable option for our future for our career yeah 100 percent, definitely well, before I sort of go on to ask a bit more about dictator and how you guys formed and things, I have a kind of fun question. I love this question, but do you have a, do you have a favorite word or phrase from where you're from? So, do you have a word from Livy or like West Lovian or anything that you really like? I love this question. Honestly, great. Ah oh, man, I don't know if there's like a, a in, in particularly from Livingston or West Lovian, man. We're in a funny place where we're like in the middle of sorry Edinburgh and Glasgow, so yeah. we get a good mixture of everything. So you you can be you can be speaking to somebody from Livingston and you can think that they're from Glasgow or you can think that they're from Edinburgh. I tend to get called a Ouija when I go to Edinburgh and a Chukta when I go to Glasgow <laughs> nobody really accepts us but I, I don't know if there's any particular words the one word when I'd listened to your previous podcast I know you were going to ask this the one word that it's more of a it's just a general Scottish word that I think that I really I'm really enjoying right now is crabbit it's a good uh, word yeah and it's it's just because I keep getting told not to be crabbit <laughs> by my <laughs> girlfriend so <laughs> Uh, it seems to be in my head quite a lot at the moment. Well, that's a good word. We haven't had that one, so I'll take it. Uh, to be fair, I should probably just expand this to Scotland because it is hard when you grow up. Like, I couldn't think of many Fife words, really, that are that are very, like, specific to Fife. All the words I say, you know, people would use them across the country or probably more yeah. the East Coast, but yeah. I like a lot of East Coast words. Though. Some of the East, Co- East Coast slang is, is really funny. I like yeah, it's, good. Uh, it's more. I would I would consider it Edinburgh, but you can correct me if it's maybe Fife. No, no, I live here now. I'm pretty much, I'm, uh, you know, I get called a uh, Fife but- immigrant here now but because i've been uh, here that long <laughs> the cc words like raj yeah. raj and gadji I love those uh, words, I love, man. I, I love them too, mate. I absolutely love them. Uh, I don't use them very often, but I do love them when they come up, man. Yeah, I love, I love the word patch as well. Like patch, stop being a patch, man. Stop. Uh, it's a great little Edinburgh word. So there's loads of good ones. Yeah. There's loads of good ones. It's always a fun question. I just love talking about like, you know, local language and stuff like that. It's, it's always fascinates me. Yeah. But we'll, we'll come on to, to Dictator and stuff now and like how that all came about. But first, actually, I might quickly ask you as well, like what sort of things were you up to in your sort of early 20s and stuff? Like were you playing guitar before like dictator happened were you in other bands and stuff like were you sort of pursuing music as a career or was it just something as you say a hobby and that later became a bit more of a possibility so i was in bands we would we'd done all right we worked on the circuit but it was honestly just more of an excuse to go out and get and get drunk and party with your friends I had great times don't get me wrong but we never took it that seriously and I think that was a that was a mistake, definitely for sure, because now I'm sort of in my later twenties. In fact, I'm thirty now. <laughs> <laughs> 
Do you know what I mean? And uh, I, I've learned from those mistakes. So don't get me wrong. And now I'm obviously a bit more older, a bit more mature, a bit more grown up, and I can focus my time on different things. Like going to the pub and going out, getting mad with it is uh, it's not really a priority these days. In the early twenties, we were playing music. We did play in bands. All of us still play, uh, played in bands, different bands though. But none of us took it particularly seriously. I don't know if we were actually good enough, to be honest, to be taking it seriously. Anyway, I think it took us to this point to really come into our own when it came to our musicianship. So. And and like, when did Dictator form? Was it 20, was it 2018 that you guys first got together? Was it before that? 2018 was when we started like jamming together. Yeah, started okay. like, it, was, it wasn't really meant to be anything at that point. No, it was just a jam group. We were just sort of, all our, all our bands had fizzled out, but we were still friends. We still kept in touch. And we were just looking for something to do in the evenings. Do you know what I mean? Um, we, we still loved music, still had a passion for creating music and writing music. We started a wee jam group and like one, one night every week or something like that. And then as the time went on, we started to form our own songs you start to realize these songs are maybe not too bad let's take them into a studio you take them into a studio and before you know it you're, you're playing the game all over again <laughs> start releasing them but we released our first single in november 2019 it, it got a much 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 bigger response than we ever anticipated and then i think that's when we started to to really take ourselves a bit more seriously just because we thought oh wow maybe we're actually onto something at this point yeah and the first that first single was that i'm from for a doom for doom you for was that uh, yeah days gone yeah, by i couldn't time. because when i when I was, I was like, I'm going to write all, I, I know your songs now, but I was like, I'm going to write them all down for this interview. But then the way mm-hmm. Spotify presented them to me, I was like, this isn't giving me the right order. This is giving me the year. Yeah. So I'm sort of winging it a wee bit, but I'm glad I got that's that so right. Good. What was that like when that sort of came out then? Did that, you sort of said that sort of almost surprised you a bit, the response and stuff? Yeah, just because like our, our social media is like all our platforms just went like blew up lots of people just started following us we were getting added to like loads of playlists and then we didn't expect to be like ever hitting even a thousand streams that song got to like hit up started hitting playlists and we were getting thousands of streams a lot like you know it's crazy and then people started like the local scene started to pay attention to us and inviting us to come and support them and um, shout out mark sharp and the bicycle thieves who gave us lots of opportunities back then they still give us opportunities to be honest got a lot of time for them uh, but they, they were giving us support slots they invited us down to newcastle with them it was our first gig out with scotland and it was just like it was just crazy the more opportunities came our way the, the bigger our, our fan base started to grow and we were like wow this is like this is there's something maybe happening here i don't want to yeah. get it to ahead of myself but I did feel like that a wee bit at the time yeah no that's amazing and sort of like that was obviously in 2019 and stuff and you I imagine you started touring around that time as well you were playing as you're saying more gigs and stuff obviously the the pandemic hit at a point but like what before the pandemic did were you starting to feel like you were getting sort of a bit of momentum as a band and stuff would you say yeah definitely um we so what what did we do the end of 2019 we supported Luke Lavolpe in Bathgate that was just before he was becoming really quite a big name then Mark Sharp and a bicycle feast took us to Newcastle and then we performed our very first headline at Sneaky Pete's and sold it out on the night amazing yeah and that was all in this like a span of about three months so we felt like we all were like wow this is like this is really starting to build momentum and when we had our second single planned for I think it was just after that Sneaky Pete's show I don't know, sorry the Sneaky Pete's happened and then we went to Newcastle with Mark Sharp mm-hmm. and the Bicycle Thieves so I think that's when the second single came out and then the, that gig on, in Newcastle was on a Saturday on the Sunday was when the, everyone started to take the, the pandemic seriously and on the Monday was the day that they were like right that's it we're pulling the plug on, on all big major events and from that at that point we were just like right okay just have to see this out we didn't expect it to last nearly two years like <laughs> Um, if I'm being honest, 
though. A lot of people probably were robbed or they had the, the wind taken from their sails with the with the pandemic. For us, I'm not sure that was the case. We were lucky enough to really refocus our energy into other elements of what we do. So focusing a lot more on our online presence, on our social medias, on our content, and really started to grow uh, those fan bases. And we, we sort of became a part, I don't know if you've seen it, but it was like an amazing supportive Twitter community of, of new yeah. music fans. And we've became sort of like a, a big part of that. And it's been amazing. That all that all of that work that we put in through the pandemic is, is just holding us in great stead for, for now that now we can start actually get back to gigging. Yeah, that, that was sort of what I was going to lead my sort of question onto because that's what I was going to say. Like, it seems throughout the pandemic and throughout the last years, you guys have, as you say, like have really kept working really hard and, and have built that community. In. And like that online community is amazing because because we do this podcast and there's so many different art forms, like I feel like I've got a finger in all these, I sort of follow all these things on Twitter. So there's almost too much going on for me to, to be part of it all. But like, I always see it and it's a great way for me to find guests. That's how I discovered your band was through Twitter. It came up and I thought, oh, who are these? I'm going to listen to them and stuff. So it is an amazing thing. And like, you guys have a great online presence and you get a lot of interaction and like, you know, it's great to see you guys like having that with with that community that you're in. It's amazing, actually. Very inspiring. Thank you, man. I think, truthfully, during the pandemic, we had nothing better to do. So, uh, <laughs> uh, like everyone. So we were just like, well, let's just dive into this. I had never even used Twitter until the beginning of the pandemic. But now I, I'm the main handler for the Twitter account. Michael's the main handler for the Instagram islands for Facebook. All of them has just been like loads of loads of fun for us because just spent some time on it on the platforms getting to getting used to using them and, and then chatting to people like we've we've made friends for life over the yeah. pandemic with twitter people that we've never met in our entire lives but yeah. I, I know them all i know them i know their families it's it, like i know their 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 do's and their don'ts and i know a lot about them and i've never actually met them it's crazy yeah, um, it is crazy amazing yeah it's actually there's, there's a beauty in that I, I feel you know there's people that i know if, as soon as dictator posts something that's getting liked it's getting retweeted it's getting commented and if we're selling something it's getting bought as well because they they just love us and they want to see us do well because we've built this this amazing relationship with, with us yeah it's just been yeah. It's been incredible, man. 100%. No, as you said, there is a lot of beauty in that. It's, it's the same with the podcast. Like, you know, obviously we launched this in lo- lockdown as well. And like all the online stuff, it's like you have a community. There's people that listen to this I don't know, but I know who they are and I feel like I know them. And it's like, but you, you'd never met them and they're in other countries. It's amazing. It's like, it's a great feeling. And it's, it's one of the beautiful things about social media, which obviously has a lot of negatives, but that is one of the positives of it. Yeah, exactly. I think it's just how you use it, man. Like there's, as you see, there's a lot of negatives. There's a lot of ugly stuff out there. But um, if you, if you use it to, to pull in some positivity for yourself, I think, um, I think that'll reflect, man. Yeah. Well, it kind of feels like a good time as well to sort of ask about the band and how sort of almost, as you were sort of saying, having to build this online community and stuff, like obviously working class bands and things, it's really hard when you don't have funding behind you because it's such a hard industry especially as you're saying about streaming so like how have you guys coped with that is what because you we work really hard as a band as you were saying like you guys are putting a lot of work in and sort of doing a lot of it on your own so like what sort of would you say to other bands that are maybe in that position as well like how how do you think you'd approach that and what's worked and what maybe hasn't worked well as i says earlier we, we've all played in bands for a long time in different bands we've made a lot of mistakes like loads of mm. mistakes but most important thing was to learn from them. I've made mistakes, I've repeated mistakes, but thankfully when it came to Dictator, I've started to learn from them and I've started to, you know, to implement stuff to, to combat the mistakes that we made previously. We're fiercely like 
like really independent like we, we we do not like working with promoters we do have a label but thankfully they're totally on our side but we like to do everything ourselves and that's because we we understand that you can do everything yourselves you know you don't need other people to do everything for you you don't need a booking agent to, to put you on a gig you don't need a promoter to sell you tickets you never did you never usually do anyway they're just like they're they're just there in the background to make you feel like like that's the case but it's not the case you sell the tickets most of the time you can book the gigs you can book these venues so if you're, a, if you're a younger band coming up right now, I'd, I strongly encourage you to do it yourself. You can make yourself, I'm not going to say huge amounts of money, but you make yourself money and then with that money, be careful with it. Do do smart things with it. Don't just don't just throw it away. Don't don't spend it on gear, guitars and, and, and pedals and stuff like that. Try and try and be clever with it and use it maybe to promote your band on via social media advertising or mm. yeah, even even utilizing PR campaigns, stuff like that. A lot of that stuff though, it seems like it can be quite daunting if you don't, yeah. if you've never done it before, if you don't understand it. If there's anyone listening who do, who is interested in that kind of stuff and wants to learn, and feel always feel free that you can DM Dictator's social media pages. We're always willing to help anyone out. If if we've got knowledge that we can share with you, we're more than willing to share it. But yeah, yeah, just 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 be smarter, man. Just be smarter. Yeah, hundred percent. And and also sort of, I know that some of the other guys in the band have talked about this before when I've, I've listened to other interviews with the band and things. But they were talking about the, the sort of local Scottish scene's amazing and it's so supportive and things. And like you guys have learned quite a lot from other bands and stuff. And I find that really inspiring as well. How you everyone wants to help each other out it's great Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i mean why why would you not like why would you not i can't understand people that try and hold it all for themselves it's like it's not a competition here like everyone's in the same boat we're all just trying to trying to create music try to release music and hoping that people will listen to it if you've got stuff that you know why would you not share that information with other people sometimes you take that information for granted though you think everyone knows it that's not always the case but you forget that so that's why i say like we're more than willing to, to open up a conversation via dms if anyone's interested yeah um, no also I, I would say the pandemic also i felt like that fostered like a new relationship within the scottish music scene actually i heard you you talking about this with fiona liddell from Geffergeist on your, yeah, your podcast yeah. but she discussed it as well but people are a lot more encouraging of each other now there maybe was a point pre-pandemic where it was a lot more competitive people didn't want to see other people do well it was just like who was ever in your friend group but then everyone got shafted at the same time and it was like, right, okay, well, well, maybe we need to stop being such dicks about this and uh, start talking to each other and helping each other out if we can, man. Sorry, am I allowed to swear? Yeah, of course, swear it away. You can swear away, yeah. honestly. I never get why people don't like swearing. It's like, you know, it's fine. It's a podcast. Yeah. Like, we're not we're not BBC Radio and you know, it's fine. Cool, cool, man. Thank you. And we're Scottish as well. We can't really help it. So it's um. part of our vernacular, man. <laughs> no, it's totally true, though, about like, I, I actually, something I've done a lot more because TV is the, very similar to music and not now, I mean, but there is a sort of, some people do think I need to keep this all information for myself and it's a competition. I'm in competition with you, but I think the best thing you can do is help other people and celebrate other people's successes because if somebody else does well it helps everyone in the community you know if somebody else does really well from where you're from it helps everyone as we were talking about earlier with the snuts and stuff like that has a knock-on effect it's a positive thing it really does it also makes you feel good as apart from like you know it's not just about it also betters you it makes you feel better if you encourage other people but it's you know it's good for the scene so yeah yeah exactly if you're if they're doing well then you're doing well it's it is it definitely does have a knock-on effect i think because of the success of Louis capaldi and the snacks not only have they passed on knowledge to the the local west Slovian scenes and not only have they given local bands from the area 
you know, like a, a bit of a more of a platform via support slots and things. But people are just now starting to look at the area. Like I'm just using West Lovian as an example, but yeah. there's now like a magnifying glass on us. Nobody cared about West Lovian before. Let's be honest. Like nobody really cared. They were like, what's going on there? There's nothing going on there. It's nothing but towns and villages and it's all crap. If you need new music, you need to go to Edinburgh. You need more, more than likely you need to go to Glasgow because that's the sort of the music culture hotspot in Scotland. But now that there's bands that have made it from these areas other people are starting to look at this area and going wow like whistleween's insane right now for new music it's, it's never been as exciting as it is at the moment and i think that's due to the yes it's due to the support of the, the bands that are now successful but it's due to the support that people are now giving bands from this area via just listening to them or or doing um inviting them to podcasts or going to see them when they're playing live stuff like that yeah no 100 percent. it's good to see and and it's good to see that in general in scotland what sort of other bands in scotland do you, would you say are like that you really like that are just to sort of shine a light on other local music is there anyone else that you've been listening to or know of that you'd recommend people go and listen to uh just from west lovian alone there's the the cartoons i love those boys i think they're, they're doing big things you know if you're looking for another act to get on it recommend them same goes for sylvie sylvie's absolutely yeah amazing. they're amazing yeah I, I, again yeah, somebody yeah. else i've discovered on twitter who i don't know but i just i see their tweets come up and i'm like and i've been listening to their music as well very good yeah jody's just an amazing person musically they're they're absolutely brilliant i don't even think they've played a played a proper gig yet either which is which is criminal man but hopefully it comes like hopefully it comes yeah. out with this sort of typical indie scene really like bems bems is a, a, a rapper i think he's based in glasgow just like a really nice guy, super infectious energy and and, and music, like really powerful music, but that, you know, with something they say as well. That's really, really enjoying Bems. Back to West Lovian, you've got DJs like Liam Doc and the sort of the more electronic sphere, LF system are from here. They're doing huge things on like their BBC Radio 1 track of the week and stuff like that. Recently got introduced to a lad from Edinburgh called Maka, again, another DJ. We just love music um, and we try our best to pay attention to the, the local scene. So there's loads, mate. There's loads from yeah. from whatever genre you're after. There's loads and loads of exciting new music, mate. So you just need to get out there and go and listen to it. Amazing. Oh, thank you for sharing. I'm, I'm just sort of looking through my question because I've got so many questions about it because I've not, I've not had a band on the podcast yet. This is the thing. Like, as I've said, I've had a few uh, sort of musicians and things. I'm not enough. So... I'm just quite happy to have somebody I can sit and ask all these questions to, so thank you. No, <laughs> um, that's fine. Hello, it's JB here. You may have heard this advert several times before, but if not, this is basically just me taking a minute to remind you guys that if you're enjoying the podcast, there are a number of things you can do to help us keep growing. Now, as many of you might be aware, the podcasting landscape is incredibly saturated. And I mean, there's lots of podcasts. We all love podcasts. But it's very difficult for independent podcasts like us to sometimes break through and to be noticed. So doing things like sharing us on social media, word of mouth, and just telling friends and family to listen, or even leaving us a little five-star review on places like Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts, go so far in helping us to keep growing. Me and Elliot adore this podcast. We love making this podcast. So if you're able to help in any way by doing something like that, we'd be incredibly grateful, not just for our podcast, but if you love any independent podcasts, please try and give them a wee share or give them a review because it it goes so far. Another thing you can do if you enjoy the podcast as well, and we appreciate that this is a very difficult time, but if you're enjoying this podcast and you want to help us, you can donate as little or as much as you like to our Patreon page, and you can do that by going to patreon.com slash justgetarealjob, or you can click the link in the show notes. Anything you can afford, we are very grateful for. Thank you for your continued support, and I hope you enjoy the rest of today's episode.
Well, I had a question actually about the artwork of all your singles. You you guys have some amazing artwork. So who does that? Yeah. Like, how does that all work? Right, I can't divulge his real name, unfortunately. Okay, that's okay. Because okay. <laughs> his employer, he works for quite like a, a a big company as a graphic designer. Okay, and his employer technically owns all of his art, ah, uh, which is quite it's quite crazy. So, but so he does our artwork under his. He's pseudonym, he's, he's his artist cool. name. That's cool. Um, False.joy is his Instagram handle if you want to go and check him out, man. He's very, very cool. We realized he designed our logo and then we realized really early on that he was like something special and we decided that we wanted to keep all of our artwork thematic. So we just kept him on board as like a, our sorry, artwork designer and he's, he's been doing them all and he's been absolutely killing them all. We Every time we see one of his artworks, there's never any feedback. There's never like, oh, can you change this or can you do it? It's just like, that's it. You've absolutely nailed it every single time, man. It's brilliant. That's good. I think it adds to your singles because it actually helps you differentiate them a wee bit as well, eh? Because I find myself going, that's the one with this colour and that's... <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally, man. It's, it captures the moods. Like, it's just mm. amazing. Um, and it's also, it's just really eye-catching. We are like big fans of Gorillaz. Gorillaz is like a huge influence yeah. of us. And part of Gorilla, Gorillaz is like a multi-dimensional band. Like it's not just about their music. They're Jamie Hewlett, they're, 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 who does the who creates the characters, is as equal a part of the band as Damon Albarn is. So uh, we we really like that concept, and we, that's why we kind of we really like the fact that that uh, False.Joy is creating these little characters for us as well. And um, we call him Richard Tater, the, the dictator. <laughs> Uh, but it's it's just cool to have like a wee mascot and and just another facet to the band, I suppose you know. Yeah, d- definitely. No, it's really cool. And that actually leads on to my next question as well, which is about your name of the band, which I love the reason why you called it. But I'll let you tell it. So, like, why you're called Dictator? Uh, dictator by name, Dictator by nature, man. That's that's it, really. <laughs> it, it started off as a as a wee bit of running, like a wee bit of an inside joke, I suppose, with the band because Michael who's not joined with us tonight, but he is the lead singer and, and like the creative head of the band. He writes all our, all our songs. And then, sorry, we, we just sprinkle uh, fairy dust on them and make them <laughs> a little bit prettier. But he he does the, he does the, the the hard work when it comes to the, the songwriting. But we, me and Alan came, especially came from a background where like everyone was equally involved in that process. So you, you would call him the dictator, basically. Just, just, like, there's nothing malicious in it whatsoever. It wasn't like behind his back or anything. It was just all a bit of fun. But then we realised it was like, it's the word dictator itself is just like a really powerful word. We, we felt we felt it was a really striking word and it kind of represented what we wanted to be, as I said earlier, sort of fiercely independent. We wanted to be the ones that are calling the shots on this, this musical journey that we're on. Yeah, it just, it was a wee bit of a lighthearted joke, but it's really come to embody what we actually are. No, it's a good name. I mean, it's a good name for a band. Not, not evil tyrants or anything <laughs> like that, but we're just a little bit control freaks, that's all. Yeah, no, it's good. It's good. What's the sort of, I, I love that, I've asked somebody else this on the podcast, but what's the worst band name of a band you'd ever been has there been any terrible name that you'd hated yeah man uh, you know uh, my very first band i absolutely love them i'm still very good friends alan was also in this band but i hate the name now and the name was japan four right <laughs> sounds uh, like a, was, it sounds like a japanese boy band or something oh man it was terrible like they were a pretty good band again like had some amazing times we've done some really fun things but i look back at that name i just absolutely cringe i had that mm. hate it man. It was, it was, do you know what it was from as well? I don't even know if I should tell you this. <laughs> the Tom Green movie, Freddy Got Fingered, it was just our, <laughs> an off the cuff comment that he makes within that film. And that's weird. That's, we named our band after that, man. I cannot believe it. 
that's funny. Shows are mental age at that point as well, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's very good. Actually, I, I forgot to say as well, which I also wanted to talk about, was the, the cover you did for the Euros will be coming down the road. Like, obviously, I, I realised I had actually listened to Dictator, but a long time before I knew who you were, because when the Euros was on, obviously I was listening uh, to all these songs, and I realised the other day when I was researching with the interview, like, I've listened to this version of this before, so... Yeah, I'd seen who you were before, but not realised. But it was a very mm. good cover for the Euros. It's good fun as well. Thank you very much. Thanks, man. Yeah, that all just came out. Well, obviously, we're all football fans. It's, we wear it on our sleeves, literally, man. And obviously, the Euros was huge for us as, as a country. It was amazing. It was one of the most exciting times I ever remember in international football. It was beautiful. Um, even though we didn't do that well in the, in the tournament, it didn't really matter. Like, the, the country was electric. Ple- pleasure to be there, you know. It was just... Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it was amazing, man. And, yeah, so Michael sort of jokingly, he was, he was going down to London for the Scotland England game and he was like oh the, like a lot of the Scotland songs aren't that good I don't know he's like a seven hour bus journey or something down the line he's like I don't want you to listen to any of those kind of songs he's like I think I'll write my own Scotland song <laughs> and he was like or I might cover one what do you think we should cover and uh, me and Alan were both like bits and pieces 100% bits and pieces <laughs> but I don't think he was like super keen on just just doing bits and pieces so he went away and he'd done his mashup with uh, We'll Be Coming and Bits and Pieces and it was all just total fun in all honesty but a lot of people seem to like it I think it got played at Hamden definitely got added to like a lot of the official um, Scotland FC uh, playlists and stuff like that so yeah it was a lot of fun man and Marshall has saved yes one big yes it's a happy ending for Scotland for a change. The time has come. The time really has come. Yeah, we can roll that out at every Scotland game. Every time Scotland yeah. play, that song comes out now. You know what I mean? It's, it's like yeah. a Christmas number one. I was going to dare to, to say we can, we can maybe roll it out next Christmas at the World Cup if we make it, but who knows? We'll see. Dare to yeah, dream. man, you need to have a positive attitude, man. Like, <laughs> it's going to happen. Yeah, believe. And that song's going to be the official soundtrack. <laughs> yeah. As you can see by me, I draped my Scotland scarf over my David Bowie poster about when the Euros is on. And it's just, I've just kept it there. It just adds to that. Do you know what I mean? I just, I'm like, this is staying there forever. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. (laughs) Unless I ever wear the scarf. Well, I've got some quick fire questions for you now, which these are just kind of a bit of fun. I always say this quick fire, but I mean, you can take your time to answer them, I guess. The first one is, if you could play any venue in the world, what would it be? Right. So the the old dancer used to be the Barrowlands. Right, because it obviously it's the Battlelands, legendary, amazing, yeah, beautiful, amazing venue. I've had amazing memories there. It's just, it's just steeped in musical history. But yeah, I used to see that because I thought I'm never going to get to like headline the Battlelands. It's never going to be a thing. But as things start to go for Dictator, it seems I'm not saying it's ever going to happen, but it seems slightly more achievable. Yeah. And when we get asked these questions, I you know I think you think big. You know what I mean? All in or nothing, man. So so the dream scenario. Not necessarily venue, but would be. I'm stealing this from Michael a little bit. Glastonbury headliner. There you go. Right. Amazing. Right. I'm throwing that out into the universe. Manifest. And now, you know. Yeah, I'm gonna have to manifest, and I'm gonna have to put the work in now to make that happen. Yeah. No, it's a good. Well, let's dream. And and obviously the Barlands, if you even headline that, that's an amazing achievement as well. But but honestly, yeah, believe in totally. it. Go for it. And then the next one is this is a quite a fun one as well. And I had to think back. What would I answer for this? But do you remember the first ever gig you went to? Do you remember what it was? Uh, yeah, it was Eminem at Hamden Park. Um, nice. My mum took me. <laughs> <laughs> my mum took me Exhibit, Cypress Hill, and D12 supported. I'm a huge hip hop head, so that was like super exciting anyway to see all of those different acts together. But obviously, I was like 11 or 10 years old or something like that. I was right in Eminem. I didn't have the bleached hair, thankfully. It wasn't that hardcore, but uh, 
Yeah, that was my first gig. I'm glad. Yeah. I'm so glad that's my first gig because some people was just like, "What was yours?" Mine's was the vaccines, which isn't too bad to be fair. Oh, that's cool as well. That's yeah, that was a good one. That was a good one. Well, that was that was great. And I, I feel like nothing's really. I've been to better gigs than that, but that lives up in my head in a way that no other. Because it was the first time. I was like, "Wow, this is incredible." Yeah. yeah. But the, the next one is, do you, what was it you say the best gig you'd ever went to is would be? Which is a um, tough, a tough question. You can give a few if it's easier. Yeah, because I, I have been asked it before, and it's usually a tie between uh, Rage Against the Machine at Tea in the Park 2008 mm. and KRS-One at the Edinburgh Liquid Rooms. I don't know if you're familiar with KRS-One, but he's a, no, like, no. He's like a classic rapper, a hip-hop head, a hip-hop artist from New York, and... I just remember that being in Edinburgh in the liquid rooms, but feeling like I was in a sweaty club in Brooklyn because he just brought the like the essence of what hip hop is to yeah. me at least to that venue for that night. It was just incredible, man. But Rage Against the Machine, I don't know if you've ever been lucky enough to see them live. I haven't. No, I'd like to though. They'd be good. Be good. Yeah, just incomparable energy, man. The you know they were the first band I think I've ever seen that never had like an like on, who were like a main stage headliner at a festival who never had any stage props like nothing. Just them, they had like their, their, their backdrop that said Rage Against the Machine and then some lights, but even the lights weren't too, too crazy. It was just them bringing this force of energy that was just yeah, absolutely yeah. madness, man. Oh, man, I miss tea in the park as well. Just such a great thing to have. Transmits, oh, not bad, but it isn't the same, is it? Not the same. No, it's not the same. It's not. It transmits cool, man. I do like transmit as well, but uh, tea in the park was just something else. Oh. I, I mean, it'll live, it'll live in our memories forever. I feel I like I write a rite of passage growing up in Scotland is you have to go for a weekend tea in the park as a teenager. It's just like what everyone you know you have to or had yeah, to, or had made... had to i suppose i should say and I, you know not anymore but... yeah yeah i feel bad for the youth today i don't know what what they're gonna do man it's they're gonna go, they're gonna go and not, see dictator of... obviously do you know what i mean that you know? that's exactly it man they're gonna see his headline in glastonbury at the main stage <laughs> exactly there you go sorted and transfer or whatever else yeah, and th- totally. this is a i get a, this question i've asked this before as well i feel cruel asking but if you could have if, is there a song from history that you like you wish i'd wrote that like i wish i'd wrote the guitar for that what song would it be Oh man, wow, that's a good question. And I put you on the spot as well. Probably should be sending that one ahead. Like that's tough. I mean, if it was if it was purely just based on guitar, then it would it would be like an absolute classic rock riff, man. It'd be mm. like something from ACDC or or Guns and Roses or something. In fact, yeah, man, like Sweet Child of the Mind, like just purely go. on guitar, just purely on guitar. It's like the most famous riff in the world, man. Yeah, Sweet yeah. Child of the Well, let, let's go purely on guitar. And let's go more generally as well. Be cheeky. If it was more generally, or maybe something by Pink Floyd or something by Bob Dylan, um, probably Pink Floyd, um, okay. Shine On You Crazy Diamond. Yeah. Fair. It's a yeah, good answer. Shine On You Crazy Diamond, yeah. Yeah, you've got two two good answers there. Well, lastly, quick for this isn't really a quick for interview because it's hard, but I was going to say, what sort of your biggest influences on the band, would you say? I know you'd already touched on some of them already. Yeah, so to previously we mentioned Gorillaz, without shout, they were the archetype of what we've kind of tried to base ourselves on as much as possible, because just with our... Their artwork, as I say, is a sort of a multifaceted, multidimensional band. They've got like a really strong focus on collaboration, which we have been trying to do. It's not been easy due to the pandemic, but it's mm. something that we're working on and you guys are going to hear a lot more of in the future. As soon as the sort of the new music starts to come out, you'll, you'll hear what we've been up to. It's obviously easy for the Gorillas because they've got Damon Albarn. <laughs> yeah. Who doesn't want to work with Damon Albarn? But uh, no. currently we're just a wee band for Scotland, so <laughs> it's kind of hard to... <laughs> it's hard to reach out to these legends um, none of them have replied to your emails yet but we'll keep trying other artists that we love are certainly are influenced Re- more recently Glass Animals have been a huge influence on us yeah they're, they're, they're cool. both they're, yeah, really cool aren't they their, their music's I, f- I feel like you can probably hear their influence in their music yeah de- definitely 
uh, as well as their, we recently went to see them live and they were just like their whole stage show is just one of the most incredible stage shows I've seen in a very long time. So we've obviously been stealing wee bits, so hopefully we can implement <laughs> that. If, if we ever get to gig again, we'll see. The XX uh, were pretty big earlier on. So was London Grammar. We take a lot, as I think I said earlier, obviously big hip hop influence. Um, I don't know if you can hear that as much as what we would like, but we usually start our songs with demos. Tend to use mm. sample drums a lot before we actually take it to the full band and record it. So there's a lot of hip hop that we we take in. Jay Dilla was like one of the first conversations Michael and I had. We were discussing yeah, Jay Dilla and thinking, yeah. thinking, you know, that's the kind of music we want to make, or that's the kind of that's the kind of impact we want to have. Just pretty big shoes to film and <laughs> Primal Scream. Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, you couldn't, we couldn't not be influenced by Primal Scream. That was, it's, it's, I think that's another sort of obvious influence from us. People sort of, we've been compared to them before. We get compared to Sam Fender quite a lot, which yeah. you don't really hear. I, I don't yeah. really, I'm not, I wouldn't say I heard that in it at all. I was going to say that in, particularly in Moonlight and Hide and Seek, I, I definitely hear a bit of the hip hop thing you're talking about. I'd, I'd say like 100%, like, yeah. Sort of the the sort of start of them songs, especially. I wouldn't say I'd, I'd heard the Sam Fender thing, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I would say that his last album almost definitely will be an influence because it was just such oh, an it's amazing, amazing wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, I really like it. If you're not influenced by that way you're creating music, you're not doing music right. Like, yeah, it's, it was just just a beautiful piece of. Because I, I didn't really yeah. get the Sam Fender thing the first time around. I thought he was good. I thought this guy's all right. You know, it's some good songs. Mm-hmm. The second album is incredible. It's, it was it was brilliant. Like so many amazing songs and the songwriting just I've, I loved it yeah very good yeah really cool but yeah there's there's we, we pull influence from just everywhere man everywhere that we can yeah no thank you they did a very good job of answering that question like yeah, there's loads of stuff in there to unpack and hopefully yeah. after if people haven't heard of your band after this interview they will go away and listen 100 that would be great yeah. well i know we've been speaking for 45 minutes so i'll slight to start to wrap things up and we've got three more questions for you so then, then i'll let you get yeah, away man. with the rest no of rush them. i always say that because i'm like you know people are giving up their time but it's great uh, thank I, you i i made you wait for an extra 15 minutes while i had I, my dinner I, so, <laughs> so you're allowed it <laughs> good 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 well the, the next question i'm going to ask you right this is actually the first time this has been asked in this podcast it's a new question for 2022 i'm going to start asking everyone i'm going to start asking everyone i sent this to you but i've slightly changed it because the question i sent you was what free skills do you think are most needed to work in the sort of profession you're doing so to be in a band for example but i think i'm going to change oh, yeah. it to like what would you say the necessary skills are that you would need to sort of be in a band what would you say so this this is one that it's taken me a long time to learn but i would say you need to be bold see if you want something you need to say you want it you need to reach out you need to try and grab it if you want to work with somebody you need to speak to them don't don't just expect things to fall in your lap because they're not other people are going to want that opportunity and they're going to take it from you if you don't go out there and try and grab it first man you need yeah. to be bold we've got a really good dynamic within the band um, and i tend to be the one with like a bit of a brass neck and i'm not afraid to ask for something whether we deserve it or not i'm going to reach out if i think we we, should, we could do that i'm yeah. going to ask for it we are supporting Glass Vegas in a couple of weeks. I know, it's uh, amazing, amazing. I DM'd Glass Vegas well over a year ago just to say, look, if there's ever an opportunity for us to, to maybe play with at some point, would you please consider us? This is, of course, you know, like they must get a million of those every day, like all the bands do. However, a year down the line, and we still, we get, we eventually get the email and say, do you guys want to play with us in class? And we're like, oh, bloody course yeah. we do, man. Do you know, we would never have got that opportunity had I not asked in the first place. You know, that's not like, not like anyone was, was really paying that much attention. You need to put yourself out there. You need to be bold, 100%, man. Um, and that's not easy. It's not easy for a lot of people. No. Uh, as I say, within the band, there's a dynamic, thankfully, uh, 
I have no shame and I will just ask and ask and annoy people and do what needs to be done. But other people are not not as comfortable doing that, but you need to try and at least put yourself out there a wee bit. Definitely need to be committed. You know, you can't, if you want this to be your career, you know, this podcast is is all about that. This, if this is, you want a job in the creative industries, you can't half-ass it, man. Like if you want it, go and take it, go and grab it, chase it. Don't fuck around. Don't, you know, doing your full-time job, which most of us do need to do Monday to Friday. And then you're spending your weekends going out with your mates or whatever, and you're, you're doing this in the week. Like if you want to do this, then this has to become your second full-time job. It's no part-time hobby, man. If that's what you want, you need to be committed. Yeah, I think you need to know what you want. You need to be like, right, this is what I want to be doing. If you want to be a musician, perfect. If you want to be a manager, perfect. If you want to work in, in TV like yourself, you need to know what roles you're you're going for and you need to be aiming specifically for them. I, I feel like, I don't think you can just be like, I want to work in music and then just <laughs> like try and do a million things. It's not yeah. going to work like that. If you want to be a promoter, you want to be a manager, you want to be an artist, whatever, you need to know exactly what you want and you need to chase it. Um, and you need to have a thought out plan. You know, you need to really consider what you're doing. I see all that. However, I'm still not like a full-time musician. So <laughs> what do I know really? <laughs> no, Zach, that was like, listen, as I say, the first time I've asked that question, brilliant answer to that. Brilliant suggestions there. That's really, really, really good. I appreciate you saying that. And so all that is also not just for music. I think that would all be translatable to, as you say, everything in the creative industries, like hundred percent agree with all that. So thank you for that brilliant answer. Appreciate no it. And, and stop putting yourself down. Honestly, you're doing amazing things. Come on. <laughs> I'm the same. I'm so bad for it. I'm like, Oh, you know, I think, it, I think as we say, it's a working class Scottish thing, but we need to yeah. stop it. You know, we need to stop yeah, it. Yeah. Meet you on our victories, man. I've never been good at it. So no, I know you I feel, so, yeah. motivated. you feel arrogant though. Yeah. You say something good about yourself. Then you go, yeah, but you know, and it's like, no, you can, you can have it. You're right to, to, you celebrate yeah. your victories. Just get a real job. Well, the next question is obviously the name of the podcast is Just Get a Real Job. We all have to work, as you say, full-time jobs, part-time jobs, jobs we don't maybe not love to sort of support ourselves. But what's the worst job you'd ever had to work to support yourself as a musician? Let's, let's go through the list, right? Okay. <laughs> because I'm lucky that currently I am a self-employed engineer, right? That's my nine to five. It took me a yeah. long, long time to get to that point. Now, my first jobs... I worked in retail over Christmas, mm. all right? Ah. Just like one of those, a Christmas retail job, terrible. I've had numerous warehouse jobs. Like stay in Livingston, there's warehouses everywhere. Every corner you turn, there's a warehouse. <laughs> so there's plenty of those jobs kicking around. One of those warehouse jobs, I literally lasted half a day. I walked out at lunch and just like, I can't do this, I'm away. That was a bottling job. It was horrible. <laughs> you literally always doing is putting a bottle in a box, putting a bottle in a box. I was like, yeah. I can't do this, man. I need to go. I was going to, it was, it was mind melting. I'd done a few shifts. I think this was my very first job. I done a few shifts cleaning, uh, just like cleaning houses for a, a friend of a friend's cleaning company. I've been a phone canvasser. I've been a door canvasser, <laughs> which is like just selling your soul to the absolute devil. If you oh, have to do Jesus. That. However, respect to everyone out there doing that because we all need to make a wage. Do you know what I mean? I know they're annoying, but if you're out there, if, you, if that's the only job that you can get, that's the only job you can get. So Nate, I'm no, I'm no way yeah. slagging them off. Do you know what I mean? It's a horrible job, but you need to do it. Mm-hmm. But the number one, the worst, the worst job I've ever had, without question, I used to work the checkout tills in Asda on the weekends when I was 18 years old. So I just turned 18. I was just allowed to go to pubs. Of course I was out at the weekends. And then I had to come in at six, seven, eight in the morning to come and work for like eight, nine hour, 10 shifts, 10 hour shifts in Asda <laughs> on the tills. It was the worst experience of my <laughs> life, man. And on that note, I think we just need to 
another appreciation for all the people all the people that worked in those places throughout the pandemic because it is not an easy job at the best of no. times and all those people all those people out there getting abuse and, and genuinely putting their own health at risk to do what most people would describe as you know a, a, a mundane job it's not the case at all it's a really difficult job so much respect to those people man yeah 100% as I always, as I always like to caveat this question this is not to say that people that are working these jobs are like are less worth worthy as us or whatever it's purely just to laugh about these you know jobs we'd all had to work as creatives and make people feel better that we all have to do jobs that we maybe don't like and absolute massive credit to everyone that works jobs like that they're they're the real heroes you know that absolutely like yeah totally man totally yeah. it's it's hard man it's hard as hell we consider ourselves creatives but i don't know about yourself but it's still it's it's my second job i don't like to call it my part-time job it's my second job um yeah. because we still need to pay the bills and there's, there's only a finite amount of um job real job opportunities within the creative industry so yeah you just have no, to graft in a way man no I've, i very recently about four months ago got my first sort of full-time paid job in the industry which i want to work in and i feel very grateful for it. and it's, it's only a temporary thing it's only got two months to go so fingers crossed well, that continues are... you know fingers crossed that continues we don't know yet but what i'm saying is you do what you see when you get that you feel like at what well, i anyway I, i'm like that every day like as i say like pinch myself when i the hell do you know what i mean i think you appreciate it more and i think if you'd had to work for it you'd had to do these part-time jobs that you hated you actually are almost better at that job because you you, you want to be there more than other people maybe oh, so for know. sure man for sure like you don't want to be going back to the, the horrible job that you hated man, no no sure. it's like this it's, it looms <laughs> over you at the back you, you're never you know, 100 <laughs> well before i ask you the last question i just wanted to sort of give you an opportunity to plug dictator as well so like you guys hopefully will be you know you sold out stickies again haven't you in edinburgh i know that's sold out but fingers crossed that all yeah. goes ahead i mean at the moment in scotland there's some strict rules around live music and stuff but fingers crossed the next few weeks that gets lifted well, yeah, so we've got, first of all, if you can, follow us on our socials. <laughs> yeah. If, you're, um, if you've enjoyed my terrible part tonight, on Instagram, we are Dictator Band. On Twitter, we are at Dictator Band 2. I can't remember what our Facebook is, but... Well, it'll be all linked underneath the episode anyway, so people can go on underneath, uh, have a look, subscribe to all this stuff. Perfect, perfect. Thank you. And, uh, yeah, and like, listen to us on Spotify, see if you like it. If you like us on Spotify, follow us on that too. We've got plenty of gigs coming up, but a couple of them are already sold out. The Edinburgh one and the Glasgow one are already sold out, unfortunately. We are heading to England for our first, sorry, mini tour in April. London, Manchester, Newcastle on the 1st, the 2nd and the 3rd of April. If you're listening from any of those cities and you want to come along, there is still tickets available for them, thankfully. And yeah, we've got lots of new music coming out in the next, we'll have some new music coming out next month and then lots of new music coming out over the summer. Uh, we've been working really, really, really hard to create sort of what I feel like is the best music that we can create and I'm really, really proud of it. So yeah, just follow us on our socials and, and keep an eye out for keep an eye out for all of that, please. That's very exciting. No, and, and that hopefully that'll, as you say, like some of these gigs and stuff. Hopefully in Scotland at least will be going ahead as well because it's really exciting. And I, I was ashamed, I was gutted to see that. I was so that I was like, oh, I've left it too late, but I'll catch you at some point. Though definitely, hundred percent. But my last question for you, and you sort of kind of answered this with my, your skills question because there's a lot of great advice in that. But the closing question is just like, what your sort of final advice would be to anyone that wants to to be in a band or wants to be a musician, etc. Just go for it, man. Just don't be scared to go for it. Just try it. That's it. That's, that's all you need to do. Like uh, so many people just sit on their sit on their backsides and dream and think and talk about it, but never put in any action. If you want it, you have to do something about it, man. So go for it. Yeah, brilliant. Zach, thank you so much for that. I've, I've loved this conversation. You're the banders, like, as I say before, like these are all so hard working and like, it's great to see you getting more success. And I hope like, as we say, you are headlining the Glastonbury Festival in a couple of years. <laughs> 
Jamie's time. <laughs> Thank you so much for uh, having having me, Jamie, and for giving the band this opportunity. Really, really appreciate it, and and really enjoying the podcast. Keep up, keep up your hard work as well, mate. You're, you're working hard too, so congratulations on that. Thank you. Thank you, mate. So there we go, that was Jamie's conversation with Zach from Dictator. Fantastic band and a really good conversation. It's always good to have a band come on the podcast and more musicians the merrier. So fantastic episode. Thank you for listening this week. Remember to like and subscribe the podcast. Also give us a five-star review. That does go a long way. And if you can, a small donation to our Patreon page goes a long, long way as we also help to donate to good causes as well. Now, that is enough from me. And hopefully we'll see you next week with Jamie doing intros and outros as well for another episode of Just Get A Real Job. But until then, take care of yourselves and bye for now. Just get a real job.